All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. everybody thank you for joining us here on another another one episode of dropping the gloves nice wednesday morning here gosh may's almost over tim we're getting into june how are you doing uh, i'm good i'm good i'm not watching a lot of hockey right now there's not much to watch and the games that are on are just not great john they're not great well you're being you're over exaggerating there's one stinker you know the the game started the first five were great you know, this last one was a stinker, but I want to, I got some good news to share. You know, my, my saga about my drain field failing, I was going to try to dig it out with my shovel. I had the excavation team come in. They did it. It's done. They did a great job. And it it, it left open so many possibilities because where my drain field was, I live on tank kind of the top of a hill and there wasn't a lot of flat space. Well, because they had to put in the drain field, they created this massive flat space. Like a, a huge, it's like 75 feet by 25 feet. It's it's a big old space and it's going to be grass. I've been watering it. My wife got pissed at me yesterday because I called to remind her. I'm like, hey, don't forget to water the grass. And she's like, I know you reminded me twice yesterday and once this morning. I'll do it. I'm like, defensive much but anyway so we're gonna have this big flat piece of grass i'm like what do we put on this grass tim and so my mind just starts racing and i i literally have gone outside and stared at this flat piece of land hours in the last few days because they they did a great job they put the the seed down and they put the hay down so the birds don't eat it and it doesn't burn and i've been just watering it probably drowning it but you got to get a lot of water on it and I'm just like, my mind's racing. And so I think we're going to do a nice play set for the kids, maybe. But then here's the kicker. <clears throat> so I bought us one of those shipping containers. Do you wow. know those shipping yeah. containers? The big ones? The big ones. It's only a 20-footer, not a 40-footer. That's still pretty big. It's big. And so it's 20 feet by 8 feet by, I think, 15 feet high. It's a big one. And it's right beside this grass patch. And... I just started to think, what if I put a deck on top of my storage container and put stairs on it? I could have an elevated deck overlook my kids playing in this play structure, and it would be so great because my house stinks. 
Like I want to build a house, but everything's so expensive. We have nine people, everybody, nine people living in probably 1400 square feet. We jam the kids into the room at night. It's like when you're filling up your closet with junk and you got to close the door or else it's going to spill out. That's what we do with our kids at night. We like throw them in this room and we squeeze the door shut. And that's the only way they can fit in there. And so I'm thinking getting these outside amenities would be very nice because I, I spend a lot of time outside, but then I get a quote and here, here's, so this was last week. I'm getting a quote for this deck on top of my storage, storage container, a, a metal stairway and just a metal railing around no wood decking, no anything else. How much you think that costs these days to get metal stairs 10 to 12 feet high. Well, maybe it's 15. I said 15. I'll say 12. And then metal railing around the whole shipping container. What do you think that would cost? Well, first of all, I just want to say that John versus contractors is my favorite ongoing battle and joke that we do on the show because it's so great every time. Well, just uh, I want to give the excavator props. He came in. He gave me a good price. He knocked it out of the park. Svec Construction here in Traverse City. S-V-E-C. Dennis is the owner. Fantastic job. I'm so impressed. Anyways, what do you think it cost? The stairs are five feet wide. The rise and run goes up, like I said, 12 feet, and then there's railing, railings around a 20 by 8 shipping container. So not much, not a lot of, you know, but it's all, they, it's all metal or stainless steel. So it's all custom, apparently. And the, the pictures they sent me weren't that aesthetically pleasing, but I wanted something strong so the kids don't fall off the, the side of the shipping container and like break their leg. What do you think that costs? I mean, I'm going to, I don't even really have a guess. Oh, $1,500. Are you kidding me? $1,500? I don't know. I have that thing installed right now if it's $1,500, Tim. Are you living in La La Land? Like, what do you buy? Do you not shop for yourself? Do you not know inflation is happening? I don't buy fabricated metal and railings. What's the last thing you bought? Like a big purchase? A car? Uh, Yeah, that was a few years ago. Yeah. What? What's well, you, the answer? You got furniture. the The price was thirty five thousand dollars. Oh, I was going to go big, like five thousand, and be like, "Ah, oh, that's probably too much. I don't want to ruin John's joke." And then there it is: thirty five thousand dollars. I can share the quote on social media. It was outrageous. I emailed the lady back. I said, "It's a beautiful product, but you got to be insane." And she's like, "I know it's high." I'm like, "Well, no, sh- no crap, it's high." Yeah. Like, what, what are we doing here? Like 35,000. What kind of person has that kind of coin for stairs and a railing? 35,000. Some people must buy it if if they're quoting it out. It's crazy. It's it's things have gone bonkers. What this this whole country is going to blow up, I think. It's it's too much. It's too much. Too much too soon. Let's call it end stage capitalism. That's what that's what people are calling it right now. It's call just not it sustainable. What? End stage capitalism. This is the the end days of of this system. It's not going to work. It's not scalable. Are you a communist? Do you want no. that to happen? Are you a socialist? No. Are you? No. I'm straight capitalist. My engineering firm. I'm constantly telling my boss we need to charge more. Like we gotta we gotta charge a lot more to the point where we send out a bid. And the people will sign it before it even like it'll get there and they sign it one second later. And it happens routinely. And I'm like, we're we're obviously bidding way too low if they're super excited to get it and they sign it right away. 
So, you know, that, that's something we need to work on. But it's just outrageous. How, how, and so I, I've pivoted now. I'm going to do it all in wood. So now I've been just YouTubing like crazy how to build wood stairs. And I don't know how to really listen. I'm a YouTube specialist, just like everybody else. You go and you watch a million YouTube videos and you try to figure it out. And then you just, I, I thought I was going to do that with the drain field. I, I literally thought I was going to get a shovel and dig out my whole drain field and it was going to be fine. They brought in huge backhoes and they were taking out trucks full of dirt that were just covered in poo for like 10 years. They dug down so far, they found a second septic tank that I didn't even know we had. And these guys, they were bringing like so much contaminated soil out from the ground. I was like, holy moly, Tim. And I was going to do it with a shovel. I thought I was going to do it in a week. It took these guys five days and they had all the biggest machinery in the world. I was like, what am I thinking? So me being a YouTube specialist maybe isn't the smartest thing, but I'm going to do it with a wood deck on top of the storage unit. I'm very confident I can do this. So why do you have a shipping container in the first place? Like, why did you get it if you weren't sure what you were going to do with it? Well, so we, I sold, we had a big, beautiful house, big, beautiful house, um, 4,600 square feet, like a beautiful house. But the only knock on it was we didn't have much of a place for the kids to play. It was on one acre, didn't care for the neighbors too much, um, I don't think they're friends of the show, so I'm, it's okay saying that. Um, and we wanted some more space. So we sold that house and we bought 30 acres with the idea that we would build right away. But then COVID hit. Or we spent like a year designing. We got the the quote and COVID hit and our quote like doubled overnight. And I was like, what the heck's going on? And I, listen, I didn't get punched in the face for nine years to be dumb and lose all my money because the market jumps up a little bit. You know what I mean? So I, I I'm playing it smart and we're playing the waiting game, but fast forward, things haven't slowed down and now it's three years and we're, we're still living in this little house back to why we're getting a storage unit going from a 4,600 square foot house to a 1400 square foot house. It doesn't work. So we had to get two big storage units a mile, 10 miles from us to put all our stuff in long-term storage, which we still have. Danielle didn't like having to drive 10 miles to the long-term storage to get things like Christmas stuff, Easter stuff, changing out the spring and winter clothes because we don't have enough room. And so I said, okay, I can't build a house. I'll just buy a shipping container and get it put on our property. Here's your junk. I throw it in the shipping container. So that's why we have a shipping container. She has all of her, all of her stuff's in there. The Christmas stuff, like all of her clothes, just random stuff that she just wants to have around. And I'm like, here you go. And it's a nice shipping container. Like it's it's a nice, it actually matches the color of our house. That was completely random, but it worked out. But yeah, we got this massive shipping container sitting in our front yard. But now the possibilities there, you put some stairs up, you got a deck. It, it could be something really great, you know, making chicken salad out of chicken, uh, chicken, you know what? So that's why. We got storage units all over the place. I get a monthly bill every month for almost $400 for those damn shipping containers or shipping storage units. I'm just like, well, I'm hemorrhaging money. So now my plan is to buy another shipping container, a 40-foot shipping container, because you can buy those for around 4000 put it somewhere else on my property, take everything out of my storage units and throw it in there so I'm not just wasting money. You know what I mean? Because I've had those storage units for three years now. 
and I must have given the guy $10,000 for nothing. Just storing my stuff. That's it. I could have had, you know, something. I could have had a tractor with that money. And I really want a tractor. Yeah. You're building a whole like compound on this property. You're going to have trash, a white trash compound. Do you have booby traps around the the edges of the property? No, but I, I I'm going to get honeybees, I think. And I want to put them maybe on the corners of the property because honeybees are miraculous animals. Yeah, like I, really they cool. can, they can pollinate. I want to plant some fruit trees. I went to my friend's house the other day. He had everything I wanted. He's a lawyer in town. He makes a ton of money. He had fruit trees. He had honeybees. He had a barn. His house is nice. He's, he brews his own beer. He's got a nice Boston whaler boat. I'm like, Gosh, but does he have man. happiness, John? Does he have oh, happiness? he's super happy. Super <laughs> happy. He's got lots of kids. He's a great guy. And I tell him that too. I go over them like, there's only one guy who I'm jealous of, and it's you. So it's frustrating. But anyways, all that aside, that's my plans, Tim. Big plans. Very fun. So if you're a listener and you know how to build stairs or build a deck, shoot me a link. The best way to do this, because I don't know how to approach it. I'm just going to build stairs up and try to attach it to the storage unit. I, I don't know if I should drill into the storage container. I don't know if I should just have a floating deck on top of the storage shipping container. I don't want to, you know, compromise the seal because it's wind water tight, right? So I don't want to be drilling in there like a like a maniac. Right, Tim? Yeah, smart and incremental changes and you don't have to do it all at once. That's the other thing too, because you're ambitious and you know what you want, but obviously you can't do it all at once. And that's part of why I think you get frustrated because it's and it costs money. Steps. Yeah. And it costs money. And then you're just sitting there going, okay, I got to pay this. I got to pay this. The excavation bill wasn't cheap. I got a tax bill this year. Crazy amounts. Because we don't pay taxes on the money we get from the podcast. And I'm paying in tons of money. I'm like, dang. So I got to plan for And it's just, you know, I'm growing up, 40 years old. Time to grow up, Peter Pan. <laughs> It is what it is. Everybody's got the problems, but you embrace it. The kids are excited. I I showed them a little glimpse of the playground I'm going to get. It's pretty legit because they're older. So you can't just get the, you know, the one with the two foot long slide and this and that. They got to have monkey bars. They got to have a fireman's pole. They got to have a rock wall. They got to have a couple bigger slides, maybe 10 feet high. You know, there's got to be activities for them if they're going to use it. So the Costco has a good one. It's like, 3000 I think. So it's a big expense, but it's a nice playground. We're going to get once the grass grows, but I'm going to order it now because it's like two, three week lead time on it. So I think we can make it work for the beginning of July, maybe. I don't know. Canada Day. Does anybody care about this? Maybe I'm looking. I'm looking forward to seeing it. Hopefully come back this summer at some point in the fall or come up and say hello. And drive Tim up. just re-upped his his uh, place in North Carolina. So he's going to set settle down there, plant some roots, aren't you? When do you think you're going to buy a house? You're not getting any younger. Yeah, you say that, but I mean, I'm not, but I'm not in a rush. And so I, I just renewed my lease and I'm going to try to, I was never planning on staying in Charlotte for that long. It was just like my one lease. It was like 16 months. And then, then I was going to move on, but but I didn't really try that hard to like meet people or get involved or whatever. And now that I'm staying, I'm going to try a little bit harder. So Try to join, uh, play hockey, try to join like a young professional networking group and get out and meet some more people. So you have to always get a dentist and a doctor everywhere you go. Yeah, that sucks. It's got to be annoying, right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But I don't know. It's not that big a deal. I mean, it's 
It's just like another little step. It's like the updating of addresses is the most important part because there's like 20 different places you got to do it. And then you got to do it with the post office too and whatever. I don't know. I, I, th- I'd I rather do that than than settle down before I'm ready to. You ain't getting mail. What mail do you get? Lots of mail, John. Lots of mail. You sell all your books yet? Uh, Sold 300, a little more than 300 out of the 500 I bought. So doing pretty the answer's, well. The answer is no. <laughs> yeah did right? i tell you i got uh picked up by uh like a local cable access and radio station from my hometown interviewed me a couple weeks ago so that'll be coming out pretty soon which is kind of cool like just local in boston not even boston like the south shore like the three or four towns around my where i grew up but still it's not so what do you mean coming out how do we hear this um, it, it was released on the radio already, but they're going to release it in like a podcast or digital form. So I'll share it. Um, just a story of like the writing process and the characters and being a, a new time, first time author. So did my name come up in the interview? Yes or no? Yes. Yeah. Yes, that's so, okay. Cause I, cause he asked no. like what I do and I told yeah. him like digital market or whatever. And he goes, Tim, you buried the lead. I, I looked you up. You're your host with John Scott on the podcast. And I didn't yeah. bring it up. Uh, but he did. So there it is. There it is. There it is. Okay. Now it all makes sense. It's all becoming clear now, but anyways, let's get into some hockey. That was a fun little insight. What's happening in our life. I'll, I'll get into the Northport build in a second. We oh my gosh, maybe Friday. So I'm dealing with the insurance company with that. My house in Northport flooded as all of you know. And so the insurance company initially quoted the whole fixing of the house they gave me a check for like 23,000, 24,000. And I'm just like, it's going to be way more than that. You guys, it's going to be way more than that. My contractor just sent me his quote, 120,000. Oh, and so, and so now I have to, I sent it to the insurance company last night and I'm just waiting to, to just have this conversation because it's going to be a battle. They're going to think that you're in cahoots with this guy to get more money. You know, I like, know, I know, but I'm not, I, I'm not, I just want the thing put back together the way it was, but just like everything else, just like the stinking stairs and the railing, everything's expensive. Everything's gone through the roof. It's insane. I had a fireplace there, wood stove. It got all rusted out and everything to replace that was like 15,000 to buy the stove, to do the brickwork, to get the chimney replaced, to do the labor 15,000. Isn't it crazy? Money doesn't mean anything anymore. It, it's just, it doesn't mean a thing. It, it comes in and it goes out. I never see it. It's just gone. And then you do your taxes at the end of the year. It's like, I didn't make that much. There's no way it's all gone. Not a penny in my savings account at all. It's gone. So I'm sure yeah. that's not true. But I just remembered my big my big purchase in the last year or two was my couch last year. Twenty five hundred dollars. Very expensive for a couch. But it's it's beautiful. It's big wraparound sectional. I'll use it hopefully for like 10, 20 years. I love it. So does not it easy. have any recliner parts in it where like the leg kicks up? No, but it has like the um the chase on one end. So it's like a it sticks out for yeah. you to like lay on, you know? So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's beautiful. I love it. Beautiful. I love it. All right. You know what I don't love? Going into the Western Conference final and thinking you're going to have a great series. You're going to have two teams that are evenly matched. The first seed in the West, I think Dallas was the third seed in the West. It's just going to be a great, 
great series and it turns out to be an absolute dud we talked about we talked about perception versus reality last show and it's rearing its ugly head again vegas won the first two games at home they did what they were supposed to do both games went into overtime going into game three i think everybody thought dallas was going to right the ship and get a win it was their time they played well in the first two games they deserved to win one of those games if not both and they show up game three and tim i've never seen you know, I've been around hockey a long time. You watch a lot of hockey. I've never seen a team fall as flat as the Dallas Stars did in the first 10 minutes of that opening period. It was it was remarkable. With the amount of veterans on that team who has been in that position before, they went to the Stanley Cup Finals three years ago. Joe Pavelski's been around the block. Jamie Benn, Tyler Sagan. Sagan won a cup with the Bruins, didn't he? Guys, he's a cup winner. He should be prepared to play. They laid an absolute egg. Ottinger stunk. Couldn't make a save. I want to say the first one I'm not going to put on him. The next two were garbage. You got to make those saves. But, you know, they give up three goals in the first 10 minutes and the game's over. No pushback. The fans are upset. They're throwing junk on the ice. I did not expect this whatsoever. This is a a complete shock to me that they would just go out and perform like this with the amount... Like I said, veteran leadership on this team, it's very disappointing. What do you attribute this to? How does this happen? The biggest game of the season, and there's just nothing. There's nothing, Tim, at all. Your all-star goaltender played seven minutes. Seven, Tim. What's happening in Dallas? What's happening? Yeah, I don't know. This is not at all what you expected because you're down to nothing, but you're going home, right? Like this, this was what they, this was their chance to right the ship and turn the series around. This was their chance to to win a game and get back some momentum. And you come out as flat as that. I mean, you talked about, you'd never seen it. This is, this is what Boston did. This is very reminiscent of, of the first round series that Boston just came out just totally on their heels and everything. It's hard to blame it on one player. I mean, Ottinger is certainly a big part of it. Three goals and five shots. We're going to talk about his stats in, in, a, in a few minutes, but Jamie Benn is a huge part of this. Like the way that a team plays in crucial moments has to be a reflection of the leadership, right? And so when you're down two nothing in a series, you're playing at home, you need this win and you come out flat and you let in three goals in the first seven minutes and the game's basically over at that point. And then on top of it, the penalty, like it's got to be a reflection of Ben, the rest of the leadership. When a must win game to come out flat, it's inexcusable. Yeah, it's it's very uncharacteristic of him, too, because he has been, in my opinion, one of the most selfless players in the NHL for his whole career. You know, he's a 14, 15 year vet. He's been the captain of this team for, I want to say, 10 years, maybe maybe a little less. But he's been the captain of this team for a long time. When you think of Jamie Ben, you think of a guy who just does whatever it takes to win. Ultimate team guy will sacrifice everything. And he just had a brain fart. I don't know what happened. It was a very innocent looking play where Stone comes over to cut him off. And he cross checks in the face on the way down. I don't think the first part was a penalty where they got tied up and Stone falls. But there's a, there's a, a split second where Jamie Ben has to react. Stones on the ice. Jamie Ben has the opportunity to kind of hold himself up, and we've all seen the play, or he has the opportunity to cross check him in the neck, in the face. And he chose option B. I don't know what preempted this, if there was something happening before. It was so early in the game. 
maybe they had a run in the previous two games that he had to settle a score. I didn't notice anything. It's just such a selfish play from a guy that's just not selfish. It's so uncharacteristic. I don't understand it. And this was, and everybody's talked about it. There's two keys to the game. Why Dallas failed. Obviously, this is one of them. It gives Vegas a five-minute power play. We know Vegas doesn't have a great power play, but you give anybody a five-minute power play, they're going to take advantage of it. And it also penalizes you because don't look now, a lot of your star guys don't kill penalties, you know? So you, you just staple Robertson, Hintz, Sagan, Curvanta. You staple these guys to the bench. And you get Glenn Denning, Marchment, Fasca, and Jamie Ben out there. And obviously not Jamie Ben, but you get your third and fourth line guys on the ice. So you just put the top guys in the cooler and you give Vegas the opportunity to, to just put this game away, which they did. The second key part of this penalty, they killed off the first four minutes. Things are looking great. You're going to kill off all five minutes. You're going to get all kinds of momentum. Things are going to be great. Dallas gets a two on one. It's Wyatt Johnson and somebody else. They go in. Aiden Hill makes a fantastic save. Literally two seconds later, Vegas is entering the zone. Barbashev gets a goal two to one or two nothing for the Vegas Golden Knights in a, in a split second, a 10 seconds, the whole sequence. Dallas could have tied the game, a shorthanded goal. The place would have been rocking. They would have felt good. They would have killed off five minutes and they would have scored themselves to tie it up one one. Nope. Aiden Hill makes a save. They go back the other way. Barbashev gets a goal. 2-0 Dallas. A minute and a half later, they score another goal. 3-0 just at the tail end of the power play. The game's over. The game's over. It's 3-0. You pull Ottinger. The life gets sucked out of your team. When your starting goaltender starts skating back to the bench, you're done. You are absolutely done. And if you give Vegas Golden Knights a lead like this, they aren't the Edmonton Oilers. You know what I mean? They're not the Calgary Flames. You're not scoring four goals in the Vegas Golden Knights when they have a lead like this. This is a well-coached team. This is a team full of veterans who have been around the block. This is a team who knows how to play defense. They know how to play a good, solid 200-foot game. You got Chandler Stevenson. You got William Carlson. By the way, William Carlson, the most underrated player right now for the Vegas Golden Knights, hands down. Jack Eichel's playing lights out. Mark Stone's playing lights out. Everybody's contributing. Barbashev, Jonathan Marshall, Stowe, Jack Eichel, or I already said Jack Eichel. Everybody's playing great. William Carlson gets tasked with matching up versus the other team's top line every single game. In the first round, it was Winnipeg. It was Connor. It was Dubois. It was Wheeler. He completely shut him down. In the second round, it was McDavid, Kane, Dreinsidel. He shut them down five on five for the most part. They got a lot of points on the penalty kill. That's not William Carlson's job. Five on five, he did a great job. This round, it's Roberts, it's Hintz, it's Pavelski. If you're a shutdown guy and you're tasked with shutting down the best players in the world, and it's the playoffs, you figure he would be minus, you figure he would, you know, be dash two, dash three. William Carlson has seven goals, three assists for 10 points. He's plus five, Tim. Plus five. That's that's the stat that blows me away. Five on five. He matches up versus these guys every single night. He has outscored them 10 goals for five goals against. That's the reason why Vegas is having so much success. Yes, they're winning four nothing. Yes, they beat Edmonton handily. Yes, they beat Winnipeg. The reason they are having this much success is because William Carlson has put all of those stars five on five in his back pocket and said, let's go, boys. 
I'm I'm just dominating you. And that's what he's done. And it, it's been it's been kind of overshadowed because Jack Eichel's been playing so good. Because Mark Stone's kind of come back from his injury and just been fantastic. So it, it's been a little bit under the radar, but he is playing fantastic hockey. So two underrated stars for these two teams, William Carlson and in Florida, Sam Bennett. We'll we'll touch on him maybe in another show, but those two guys, they're having great, great playoffs. Like just fantastic. They get overshadowed, like I said, but God, we we need to kind of give him a little bit of accolades because William Carlson is the real deal. Remember, he was their top guy when they made the Stanley Cup run a few years ago. He has transitioned his game into now he's a defensive dynamo. He still scores. He's humbled himself enough to say, you know what? Okay, we got Jack Keiko. I get it. Oh, we got Barbashev. I get it. You know, Chandler Stevens going to be second line now with Mark Stone. Oh, okay, that's fine. He's a third line checker now, Tim. A third line checker who used to be a first line goal scorer. It's crazy. And you don't hear him bitching and moaning in the in the papers. I want to be the star. I want to do this. I want to do that. He's humbled himself. He said, you know what? I'm not I'm not better than the team. And now they might win a Stanley Cup because guys like that. So it's I, I love stuff like that. But going back to Dallas, they just let's get into the the this is the misconducts and stuff, Tim. What did you think of Ben's head? Just a disgusting hit, or was it just a hockey play and he fell on him? It was it was an honest mistake. No, it was pretty bad. I mean, like like you said, there was nothing wrong with the the incidental contact, and he's stronger than Stone. Stone goes down, everything's fine to that point. It's a hockey play, but he comes down. It's almost like slow motion. You can see like so many chances to to change your mind and and make the right decision, and he doesn't do it. Cross checks him in right at the jaw, just below the jaw. To a player who's down on 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 all fours, whatever, like totally defenseless. The ref's right there looking at you. Just bad decision making from anyone, but especially from a captain. So he gets five in a game, changes the entire momentum of the game, took himself out. And again, in a must-win situation, you're already losing. Your team has come out flat, and you do that is just inexplicably poor decision making. And on top of that, after the game, he doesn't speak to the media. He had a choice, and and I would talk about this um, Saad Youssef, who is a reporter for The Athletic that covers the Stars, and he looked into it, and he's like, this wasn't a team decision. This is Ben's decision not to speak to the media. And when you're the captain in a loss, and you're a huge reason why, like, you've got to answer, right? Don't you have to answer the bell when, when this, like, and, and go out and say, go eat humble pie and say, this is my fault. I'm embarrassed. Shouldn't have happened. Um, whatever, right? And he just avoids the whole thing completely. You would hope so. That's your, that's your duty as the captain. Let alone the fact that you're the reason that the team lost. You selfishly put them in a terrible situation to lose this game. And he just sneaks out the back door. There's video of him just like going to his car and ripping out of there. It, it's it's really kind of a selfish. It's 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 shocking. You know, I expected more from Jamie Ben. I really did. I played against him for years. I, I held him in pretty high standings. He gets knocked down a little bit for this this whole day. I wish he would have done a lot of things different. But let's let's move on to the second dirty play that really bothered me. This one bothered me more than the Jamie Ben thing, honestly. I know Max Stomi. I played with him. I've gone to national championship football games with him. I've gone out to you know restaurants and bars with him. I, I've done a lot of fun stuff with Max Stomi. I have his cell phone. I text with him. This. Um, play where he just and and this is max domi to a t um he and when we talk about people being spoiled people being titled people just not being in control of their emotions everything is all encompassed in this one play 
Max has lived a very, you know, pampered life. His father was in the NHL. He had the best things in life. He got to hang around Wayne Gretzky and Matt Sundin and go do great things. He's friends with Mark Wahlberg. Like he, he's never really had to deal with too much stuff. Yes. He's had some personal issues, but he's, he's had a very, you know, privileged upbringing. This smacks of entitled spoiled brat where things aren't going my way. Someone's in a, defenseless situation i'm going to take advantage of him i'm going to cross check him in the back potentially breaking his neck such a dangerous spot heggy was in max had didn't care at all cross checks him right in the back heggy goes flying into the boards he stands up what does max do he cross checks him in the throat of course then what does he do after that he jumps him and starts sucker punching him if this was the first time maxi did this i'd be like oh you know what this is really dirty but you know it's, it's a pretty it's a really emotional time. It's game three. They're losing. His emotions got the better of him. This is this is par for the course for Max Domi. This is what he does. When things don't go his way, he cross-checks, he jumps guys, he sucker punches guys, and he gets kicked out. This is how many times has this happened that you can think of, Tim? Like at least a half a dozen, right? This is this is his thing that he does. Yeah, and what made it worse is that Haig is just laughing at him yeah. while he's doing this. He's got like 18 inches of height on him. Like, it's crazy. And he's just, watch the video. He's just like giggling. He's just giggling. Max, don't we can't even really reach him. When he stands up tall, he's trying to get him and he can't. And so the whole thing is just, yeah, the optics of it are really bad. Domi doesn't look good. He's losing. He it, he looks just like a, it, just a spoiled kid throwing a little temper. brat, spoiled brat. Yeah. And here's my issue with this. He should get 10 to 20 game suspension for this. Whoa. Here is my issue. If I did this in my career half a dozen times where I cross-checked, cross-checked, jumped a guy and try and, and started sucker punching him. Yes, my punches are more effective. Yes, I'm stronger and taller. The intent is still the same. So if we're trying to really protect players, if we're trying to really police the game, Max Domi's intent in that situation is to hurt Peg. He cross-checked him in the back. In, in a dangerous position into the boards. He cross-checks him in the neck and throat area. If Haggy's smaller, he cross-checks him in the face. There's no remorse there. Maxi drops his gloves and sucker punches him. Like, if that's me, or if that's uh, who, like a luch, people are talking about a suspension. Just because Max is five foot six and the punches don't land as flush as they would if he was taller, doesn't change the intent. And this is a repeat offender. This is something that is happening over and over and over again. He needs to be suspended. Everyone's talking about, does Jamie Ben get suspended? Max needs to be suspended. And I don't like saying it because I like Max. He's a good dude. This is not okay for hockey players to do this. Just because you're losing, just because your feelings are hurt, doesn't mean you get to go out and hurt somebody. A, a guy who is obviously unwilling, he's laughing in your face. You suck it up, you take the loss, you take it on the chin, and you lace them up the next game. You don't lash out like a spoiled baby because you're losing and you're not scoring goals and things aren't going your way. I don't like this stuff. It bothers me. Someone needs to suspend this kid. Because what happens if he cross-checks Haggy from behind and he breaks his neck? What happens? What happens if one of his sucker punches connects and he knocks the guy out and Haggy's out for who knows how long? Head injuries are terrible. What happens? You look at the pattern, you look at his history, you go, oh, we should have suspended him last time he did that because he does it all the time. 
And everybody just thinks it's great because he's so small. Oh, look at him. He's such a little scrapper. It's dirty. It's dangerous. He needs to be suspended. Don't you think? I mean, I hadn't thought about it that way. And I don't know. There's no reports yet of, of supplementary discipline for either Domi or Ben. I'm sure at least Ben's going to get a call and probably a suspension. And I think rightfully so. I'm not seeing a lot of that same people talking about Domi. And, and you're right. They're mostly laughing at him. Um, and they're not taking it seriously because of his size, because of his relative size to um, Haig. But yeah, that is a dangerous play. I don't think you're totally around there. No, I'm absolutely right. Absolutely 100%. And I like Max. You got, you got, and it has to be strong. Like he's, this is a pattern for him. This this is not something out of the blue. That This is who he is. Montreal fans know it. Arizona fans know it. This is what he does. When things aren't going his way, he cross-checks, cross-checks, cross-checks. Then he jumps a guy. I don't like him. All right, moving on. Ottinger, what are his stats, Tim, this playoff series? It's pretty remarkable, the the transition from then to now with this guy. Yeah, because we talked about before the series started how good he was, 4-0 with like one total goal against in four games against the Vegas leading up to this point in his career. In the first eight playoff games in this playoff run, his save percentage is 921 and goals saved above expected is 0.75. In the past eight, seven, uh, eight playoff games, the save percentage is 856, goals saved above expected, minus 11.23. He's been really bad. And the crazy thing is, like, yeah, Vegas won for nothing. They only had 16 shots on net the entire time. And only five of those were um, on Ottinger. They scored three out of five. And then Wedgwood came in. He was he was solid, you know, like he only let in one goal, but he only faced 11 shots, which is kind of the whole crazy thing. So ask the question is, who do you start for game four? You go Ottinger. You, right? You have to. There's there's no way you have you can bench him. You go back to him. Right? I, right? Yeah, I think you have to, but it's got to be a short leash, right? And and yeah, I don't know. Just it's for not... DeBoer, like for your job's sake, are you really going to sit your all-star goaltender and start Scott, Scott Wedgwood? Like what but happens if, the... Wedgwood, if Wedgwood goes in and gets lit up? It's like, oh, I should have started my all-star goaltender who struggled, but he got us here. If you start Ottinger and he gets shelled, you go, well, he's my all-star. What do you want me to do? Yeah. Take him out. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I know I'm it's... right. I like when you say that. That's that's good. All right, moving to the East Coast. We'll recap game three a little bit. Fantastic game. I love 0-0 games. It was, it was not for lack of excitement. The goaltenders are standing on their heads again. This has been the complete opposite of Ottinger. Bobrovsky's been lights out. And Freddie Anderson has been lights out. Who would have, what would have happened if they would have played Freddie Anderson game two? I don't know. We'll never know. It's in the past. Panthers win this game 1-0 on a nice power play goal by Sam Reinhart. Beautiful catch and release. Gets a pass from Matthew Kachuk. Who else? Pivots. Boom. Top shelf in the net. That's all they needed. Panthers get the win. Sergei Bobrovsky has 32 saves. The guy's an animal. He's an absolute animal. What what else is you want to talk about before we get into the mentality of the Carolina Hurricanes? I wanted to dig into that a little bit because it is remarkable watching that game. The save after save, and you could just see them getting deflated. What what has Florida been doing, Tim, since they went three down, three one to Boston? Yeah, I mean, there was a moment when they're down three to one in in Boston, and all of a sudden they their series is over. The season's over. You know what I mean? Like you try to get one or two more. Then we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, where Kachuk is doing anything to get his team going. He's he's face washing. He's cross checking guys. He's getting things going just to like not go down without swinging and everything. And here they are now, one win away from the, going to the Stanley Cup. And in the since they're going down three to one to Boston, they're ten and one, ten and one. They've wow. lost one game. 
and they're scoring 3.18 goals for per game and 2.18 goals against. They are just, they're incredible what's happening. And so, yeah, the, and Bobrovsky has to be the biggest reason behind it. Well, without a doubt, he came out of absolutely nowhere. As you said, he didn't start the playoffs as a starter. It was Lyon. He played good versus Boston, but Boston was just overwhelming. Bob came in and just was fantastic. And he's carried that over. He is the, I don't want to say the only reason, because Matthew Kachuk has been good. Sam Bennett, everybody knows Brandon Montour. Everybody's playing really good. But if you don't have Sergei Bobrovsky in net, you lose the first round. There's there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. I don't care how good Matthew Kachuk was. You don't win that first round if Bob's not playing the way he's playing. And that goes just staying for this third round series. The Carolina Hurricanes are playing good hockey. They're getting great A chance after great A chance after great A chance. We said it in the first game, Stahl had about six great A chances. In the second game, everybody was getting great A chance. You notice I didn't say his first name because I'm not quite sure if it's Eric or Jordan. Which one? The Carolina Hurricanes guy. It's Jordan. It's Jordan. Is Eric not in the league anymore? Eric is on Florida. He's also playing in the series. Where's Mark? Mark is also on Florida. They're all here. Do they both play Eric and Mark? Yeah. Eric's the forward. Mark's the D. (laughs) Yes. Any other questions? Jordan's on Carolina. He's the captain. Of the Hurricanes. (laughs) Okay. I knew that. I'm just like lost. Okay. They're getting grade A chance after grade A chance, and they're just getting stonewalled. And you can see it starting to frustrate the Hurricanes to no end. Did you see the breakaway Martin Nika Scott? Nitus? I didn't see it, no. It was midway through the second period. He gets a beautiful spring pass from Seth Jarvis, burns to Jarvis to Nitus, and Bobrovsky made it look effortless. It was a beautiful shot to the top corner, and Bob already had his glove there, so he didn't even have to move. What this does to a shooter, it makes you shoot outside of your comfort zone. So instead of trying to you know, shoot where you usually shoot, five hole, low blocker, low glove, high, high, you start to do more. You start to try to deke. You start to try to make that extra pass. You start to overthink things. And that's what the Carolina Hurricanes are doing. You notice as the game progressed, they had good chances and they weren't shooting. They were trying to make that extra pass. They were trying to do something different because in their head, it's going to be saved. If you're Sebastian Ajo, if you're Drury, if you're Jarvis, if you're Kakianemi, if you're Teravainen, you can't score. And so what do you do? You do the extra pass. You try to do the extra move. You try to do too much and it doesn't work when things like this happen. And I'm surprised you're not doing it. You have to simplify things. You have to just throw more pucks at the net. I know they all shot him 32 to 17. The shots could have been 55 to 17. Carolina was making things way too more difficult, way too difficult than they already were. You have to just throw pucks on Ben. Brent Burns is, is a key guy who just throws everything on net. Game two, he had one shot. Game three, I think he had one shot. Burns, he averages seven shots a game usually in the playoffs. He fires everything on net. He's not doing it anymore. These guys are trying to do too much. They're trying to find backdoor passes. They're trying to do tink, tink, tink passes to get an easy goal. You're not going to find an easy goal versus Sergei Bobrovsky at this point. The guy's playing fantastic, and he's in their head. If I'm Rod Brendamore, which I'm not, I'm just saying throw everything on net. See what happens. We need to find a greasy one. We need to bank one off someone's ass. We need to try to find something to just get behind this guy because it's not working. He is setting 
numbers that haven't been seen in the Eastern Conference Final before. He had what was his what was the first four overtime win? He had sixty two saves. Tim, like his goals again. His goals against. I don't have it in front of me. Must be point nine six seven or something like that because he's getting just bombarded with pucks and he he's unstoppable. You can't let him see it. It has to be a greasy goal. His own defenseman has to put it in his own net. Carolina needs to go back to just throw everything on net from anywhere on the ice. You're behind the goal line, throw it on net. You're on the half wall, throw it on the net. It doesn't have to be in the slot, back door, perfect pass. Let's put it like just just go back to greasy. That's how we have to score a goal versus this guy because he's seen the puck too well. So no team has ever come back down from 3 nothing in the conference finals. Does Dallas or Carolina have any chance in your eyes? No. No. Maybe Carolina, because all three games have been close and they've shown a little bit of pushback. Florida's got something going on with them. I don't see them losing. Maybe Carolina wins one, but I think Florida sweeps. I think Dallas resurrects their career and they send it back to Vegas. Maybe. Neither of these series go six games. This this has been the most boring conference finals in a long time. We were talking before the show began last year was the same kind of thing where the first round was super exciting and it got progressively worse after that. And this is what's happening. It's kind of sad because these are four good teams. It's We're, we're going to have a Vegas Golden Knights and a Florida Panthers final. There it is. Two sunny teams in the Sun Belt. It's going to be strange. I know. I was thinking this morning, like, wouldn't it be much better off if it was like, Vegas and Colorado versus Tampa and Boston, like or Tampa and Toronto, or like the big juggernaut teams in the final four. And I, I like as an objective hockey fan, I like that it's not the same old boys club and there's some new teams here and it's exciting, but look at the games. I mean, some, not, some of them are close, but they're both three, nothing in these series. And, and they're not, no one's, no one's, no one's watching them, but you're not getting the same eyeballs that you would get if they were the bigger, the bigger franchises. So I, don't know how I think this is. is good for hockey at the end of the game because you have to grow the game somehow. And the way to grow the game in the South is success. Like Tampa Bay is a legit hockey market now because they've had sustained success for a decade now. I think you're starting to see it in Carolina. Hopefully things catch on in Florida because I, it, they're not there yet. Even though they've been in the league a lot longer than Carolina and Tampa Bay, I, I don't think they have the same support of these teams. If they get a cup, it could change things. Vegas is is they're solidly there. They've been a good team for five years now. It's good for the game. What's good for the goose is good for the gander. So it, I don't mind it. It's fun to see new players and new situations like a Jack Eichel, Matthew Kachucks, these guys. Like Jack Eichel's pass on that first goal for Vegas was out of this world. Most guys would have not panicked, but shot the puck. He gets it off the half boards. He has the wherewithal to just hold it wait for Jonathan Marchessault to open up and then fires it through Pavelski and was it Issa Lindell through both of their sticks on Marchessault's tape. It was such a good pass. Odinger had no idea that that was even an option. He's out to lunch. Marchessault doesn't even put a good shot on net. He puts it on the ice in the middle of the net. It was so good that Odinger didn't even react. He's like, there's no way there's anybody back there. And if there is, I have two guys in the lane. It was such a good pass by Jack Eichel. So it's fun to see him in this situation. Rather than the Kucherovs, the McKinnons, the Bergerons, the this and that. By the way, Bergeron might go down as the biggest choke artist in NHL history. Stop it. We're not doing this today. He did not. Did you, do you know he did not win a game in these playoffs? We're not doing this, John. We're not doing the this. The year of our Lord, 2023, Patrice Bergeron did not win a game in the playoffs. And his team was the President's Trophy champion. Isn't that funny? No, it's not. 
It's not. Let's move on. The question should be, why should we resign you, Patrice? What have you done for us? <laughs> You're traumatizing me, man. Let's talk about, let's do some quick hits here. There's, there's All right. I got some things. quick hits news that just came across my email. Pretty exciting stuff. Yeah. I got an email from the NHL alumni EA Sports Bureau. They're, they need the big guy. They're reaching out because they've received a request from EA Sports and they're looking to feature me as a playable NHL alumni in the upcoming version of their NHL video game series. I would join the likes of Wayne Gretzky, Mario Lemieux, Brian Trache, Mark Recchi, and Gordie Howe. How do you like me now? I've been requested to be <laughs> in the NHL alumni video game. But of all the players that have ever played the game, they want the big guy. <laughs> you guys should see the look on John's face right now. He's giddy. It just came across. I, I don't get any money for this. Like It all goes to the NHL's health and wellness transition programs, the NHL AA Alumni Association. It's cool. I can buy the video game again and give it to people who have a TV. Is there anything about me in that email? No. Okay. No, nothing. They didn't even mention you. What? I'll have to respond and say, do you want Tim to be... Copy me on the response. Uh, Here's Timmy's email. (laughs) Well, hey, I'll be in the next uh, NHLPA video game or the NHL EA Sports video game. It's cool. Have you ever been in a video game, Tim? Uh, No, I have not. I'm not. Thank you for asking. Well, I just don't know. You could have coded your own. Some LARPing thing where you're like shooting, you know, the allies. Okay. Let's <laughs> let's move on. Congratulations, John. That's actually really cool. cool because people Thanks. do like the um like the legends, right? The the alumni. And there's always like uh the last couple of years they do like the best players and then they do like the all grit team or all enforcer team where there's like the I don't know domies of the world and and Gordy Howe's on that team I think Gordy Howe's on both teams but that's pretty cool. Someone send me a video once the game comes out in a few years of just me dummying Wayne Gretzky, yeah. <laughs> like just beating his doors off. I think that would be great. All right, okay. what else is going on, Tim? Yeah, so quick hits here. I read a report that Brendan Shanahan called each of the Leafs' top players to share the news about Kyle Dubas being gone. And apparently those players came away from those conversations under the impression that his intentions were to bring back the entire core four. So do with that what you will. It's really a core five now. Um, Don't know. Who's the fifth? Riley. Nylander, Tavares, Marner, Matthews. It is the core five. You're right. Yeah. Um, If Dubas is the only change they make, they've done something wrong. They've already done something wrong. This team sucks. (laughs) Um, So we talked about Craig Conroy being the official GM of the Flames that came through yesterday with the official announcement. And in his press conference, he's already kind of uh, boosting Huberdeau's confidence. He's trying to work through and getting him back to being who he was last year. And he said, quote, if you look over the last five years, he's one of the top five players in the NHL. We need to get him back there. How do we do that? Hopefully we can work together and come together to some kind of solution and then move forward. And he sort of talked about like, Hey, I don't know what was wrong with Huberto. I wasn't part of the end of the meeting conferences and the meetings. I want to work with him, get him back to that level. He's already pumping his tires, which is probably the right move. It's too bad that you need to do this, but if you're Conroy, that's what you need to be doing. I think you give me a head. Like you disagree. Well, no, it's like this guy's making 10 and a half million dollars next year for the next eight years. Like you better you better hope he reverts back to the player he was. Like if I'm Craig Conor, I'm walking in, I'm looking at my my cap breakdown. I'm like, damn, <laughs> I got Jonathan Huberto for eight years at ten and a half. Woof. 
So you need to build up his confidence because no one's going to trade for that albatross of a contract. Thank you very much, Brad Trevealing. But yeah, what else is he going to say? Like, good luck. Like the guy had 55 points last year. He had 115 the year before. I'm no math guy. That's 60 points less. That's a lot. (laughs) So maybe he can milk some production out of him. But right now, everyone was so excited about the Flames last year. Isn't it funny how a year just changes so fast? Because now everyone's all out. Markstrom sucks. Huberto's garbage. Kadri's a baby. Manji and Potty had a down season. Everybody needs to go. You know what I mean? It's just one season. That's all it takes. It's a fast-paced world, Tim. It really same, is. But yeah, same with good. the Canucks, too. Um, I know. Same with the Jets. Yeah, Nikolai Ehlers was asked about the potential changes coming to Winnipeg's roster, and he said... I can't tell you what's going to happen or what needs to happen, but I'm guessing that something is going to happen. Yes. <laughs> That's a great answer. I know. Um, it's got to be changes coming to Winnipeg too. I mean, he kind of said like, we, we have very strong core. We have one of the best goalies in the world and you got the um, Kyle Connors and, and Shifley's of the world and Josh Morrissey just had a record season, but something's not working there either. So I would expect some changes to come in Winnipeg. Do they have a strong core? Do they though? This has been the core for 10 years. Do they? They have a Wheeler's going Wheeler's going to be 37. Shifley's 31. Nita Ryder's there. You got Adam Lowry. You got Ehlers. You got Kyle Connor. That's it. Like, I don't think this is the team. And Ehlers said it. He's like, I don't know what's going to happen, but something should happen. So they got a lot of money to spend. What are they going to do with Wheeler? What are they going to do with Shifley? What are they going to do with Niederreiter? Those guys are going to be UFAs next year. They need to figure something out. The only guy they got locked up long-term is friend of the show, Josh Morrissey. And he's in a very team-friendly contract for 6.25. So I build the team around him. I get rid of Hellebuck. I get rid of Shifley. I get rid of Wheeler. I just, boom, start over. Start fresh. Because this team doesn't work. It's They're not going to win a Stanley Cup. So why even bother? Go change everything. It's it's amazing that Kevin Dayoff is still the GM. He's been the GM since they started their day one. Isn't that crazy? He's been there since 2011. 12 years he's been there. How has time. he not been fired? That's amazing. That's amazing that he has not been gassed already. All right. What else, Tim? One more. Let's get out of here. Yeah, we've been pretty critical of Capo Caco and and not living up to his potential, not you know taking that next step in his career. But I have some good news. This is great news. This is very good news. I saw this on NHL.com headline this morning. He is working this offseason on becoming quote unquote a better player. So start this, the parade route. Yeah, this is this is the real article that was on the website. It's still on the homepage right now. He's going to be a better player. He's working on that. So I think we might see a different Capo Caco next year. I think so, because he he his head's in the right place. I don't think Lafreniere said that. <laughs> it's probably true. I think when they asked Lafreniere, he's like, "I'm not doing. I'm not getting better this off season." Maybe if you had worked on getting better, you you would have scored a few more goals. I think about that a lot. I honestly do. <laughs> what if I would have done something different instead of working on boxing and eating chicken wings and stuff? And like, if I would have ate properly and had a real nutritionist and a trainer and this and that. I don't know. It's not good to look back. It's good to look forward, you know, learn from your past, but look, keep looking forward. You've always said that with Jack Handy. I've always said that. I probably could have done a lot of things differently. Who knows? We'll never know. 
I try to teach you so you could be better, Tim, than me. So far, it's not working. Okay, game four tonight, Carolina um, in Florida. Does Florida close it out at home? I think they do. I, I do yeah. too. Yeah. Does Bob get a... How many goals does Carolina get? They're going to get 40 shots. How many goals do they get? Yeah, at the most two, right? Like probably one. It's I, they, They're going to lose. I think Florida's going to win three to one. You know what would be cool if we had a gambling sponsor? We could do stuff with this. Everybody has a gambling sponsor. I saw a guy in the street selling oranges who had a gambling sponsor. <laughs> we don't have one. It's too, it's too much because we could really do something here fun, but we're not going to do it because nobody wants to be our sponsor. But well, that's, on a, Friday, that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> on Friday, the whole bowl series can be over next time we talk. I know. Isn't that wild? We could be it talking is. about the Stanley Cup finals. That's going to be fun. All right, everybody. On that note, go out, watch some hockey tonight. Hopefully it's a good one. We'll talk to you guys on Friday. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Dropping the Gloves with John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode.